So I want to talk about this whole concept of God being with us. Because I don't know about you, being a Christian, sometimes for me, it feels like um, I'm not always sure that he is with me or he is by my side. I know that he is, but sometimes things can happen where you feel a little bit isolated, a bit alone, and you even wonder whether God is definitely there with you. Uh, and sometimes it's our minds playing tricks on us and, or, or we're overanalyzing things that we're, we're kind of probably not being that kind to ourselves and all of that contributes sometimes to this feeling of isolation. So when we think about the idea of God being with us, it's important for us to realise when we choose to pursue him and follow a, a relationship with him, understanding that he is there that he's interested and that he's with us is one of the vital facts, I suppose, to help us keep going. Um, So I want to look at that connection that we have with God the Father today. I'm going to look at it in a bit of a random way. So we're going to jump between uh, four or five different topics and then bring it all together. So we're going to look at creation. We're going to look at breath. We're going to look at holy ground. We're going to look at the name of the Lord. Okay, those are the things we're going to look at. Um, I did this. Um, this talk as the first ever talk we did when we started the living room. So we did the first week where we talked about what we wanted to do. Um, and, then, um, and then we started the first week like this. And looking around the room, I don't know whether any of Becky and Pat or Adam and Claude, and maybe, but um, possibly not. Um, so it was, the first, it was the first talk we ever did. I thought it'd be safe to do it because guarantee no one was particularly there, which is cool. Um, but also, I want to do a bit of a disclaimer because you know sometimes when people talk and think, wow, that's really profound. Most of this stuff isn't from my mind. It is something that I heard somewhere else um, in, a, in a video that I watched years and years and years ago um, that I found so powerful that I wanted to kind of adopt it as a way of thinking and understanding uh, to do with connecting with God. So please don't think, wow, he's so clever. It isn't me. It's someone else who's done loads of research. I'm just riding on their coattails. Um, so um, most, most people who talk would never say that, but I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so let's first of all talk about creation. When you think about the creation story, in the beginning, uh, God created all these different things. The, the story runs through quite quickly. And if we do an overview of it, it starts with heavens and the earth. Uh, it created light, so there was day and night, then sea and sky, then land, um, uh, then land and sea, uh, then vegetation, then sun, moon and stars, then fish birds and animals, all created over these, uh, these six days. And then lastly, mankind came into existence. And if you read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says this, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So the moment of change is God breathing the breath of life into the nostrils of a man. And then life begins. He becomes a living person in that moment. So in creation, we see that that breath was the starting point for mankind. That's what begins uh, and and, uh, signifies this moment where something changes. So let's move on to think about breathing. Okay, I don't know when the last time you thought about breathing was. It's not something I think about particularly regularly. I thought about it yesterday because I spoke on this yesterday. Um, But it's not something I'm particularly aware of or think about uh, a lot. And actually, the strange thing with breathing is it's often only really on your agenda when it's compromised in some way. 
like you've done some exercise and you're out of breath or this week I was filming in the cathedral uh, I'm doing a, pro- a really interesting project where I've got to go and follow a load of like uh, master craftspeople who work in the cathedral and um, I had to go they said oh we're going to film you putting uh, we're going to film uh, a guy putting a window um, surround back in to one of the towers of the cathedral I was like oh, yeah yeah cool that's great yeah great and um, so I had to climb this massive staircase outside and then uh, 10 ladders to get up to where I needed to be. So I was right up at the top where the roof of the main bit of the cathedral was. A couple of days before, I had to climb those spiral staircases to go right up to the, um, to the actual roof. And honestly, I, I mean, man, I am so unfit. It is unbelievable. <laughs> I nearly passed out at one point. I thought, man, I've got all this really expensive gear. And I had to carry it all, all the way up to the top of the roof, into the rafters. And and do you know what? At that moment, I thought about my breathing, because I was like, man, I am out of shape, and I am struggling. Uh, The guy who worked there all the time, it was like like he was just walking along a normal street. Um, And then he showed me the pieces of wood that he'd carried up to the top earlier, and I was just like, man, this is ridiculous. So, So we don't think about breathing a lot, but when we're in a situation where we are um, suddenly aware of it because something changes or something, there's a new demand on our ability to breathe. Um, It it suddenly comes to mind. And the other time I I really remember thinking about breathing is when Adi was born. Uh, She came out and when Maya was born, it was one of those kind of perfect situations. Obviously, it's horrendous for Han. Um, but as someone who was stood, just stood there doing absolutely nothing, it was, uh, it was quite straightforward. And um, I got to cut the cord and all those kind of things that they tell you about in those classes that you get to do. Uh, second time round, none of that was able to happen because when Adia came out, the cord was wrapped around her neck three times and they had to unravel it, whisk her off and, and make sure it was OK. And the interesting thing in that moment, all you're waiting for is that sound of the first breath that you, you're hanging on, the silence is deafening, isn't it? Because you're just clinging to, I just need to hear that gasp for air. And breathing is the absolute most important thing in that moment. You're just waiting for it. So you do think about it at various points, but it's obviously when there's something significant to do with it. But there's loads of interesting facts about breathing. Um, we take, on average, 26,000 breaths a day. Okay, Uh, we take in when we breathe, we take in 14,000 litres of air into our body and we use that air and then expel it. Okay, that's the way breathing works in case you uh, weren't listening at science in school. Uh, It says here we should breathe from our stomach, but when we when we get distracted or stressed or moving too fast, we breathe from our chest. And this is the quite frightening thing for me. I, I sat there yesterday when I talked about it, I thought, I can't even remember the last time I breathed from my stomach. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what we call a deep breath. And we should breathe from our stomach all the time, but instead we breathe from our chest. And I'm like, man, I have built a way of surviving and existing in my world where all I ever do is breathe from my chest, which basically means I'm breathing shallow, shallowly all the time. I might be the only one, you probably are all dead calm and, and uh, really well behaved. Uh, but it says here we should take four to six breaths a minute. That's what we should do. We should take four to six every minute. But on average, most of us take 16 to 20 breaths a minute because we're, we're breathing shallowly from our chest, not deeply from our stomachs. 
Okay, it's quite frightening, isn't it? If you've ever come across any of those like mindfulness type apps or car, those calm kind of calming uh, kind of apps, or there's one on the on the Apple um, Apple stuff called Breathe, uh, and that is all about teaching you to breathe deeply, less often, um, but getting all of the goodness out of the air. Because this is the other fact, which is quite frightening. Experts say we should get 99% of our energy from our breathing but most of us only use 10 to 20 percent of that energy and that's because if you imagine you're only taking four to six breaths every minute you are you're basically taking everything that is good within that breath out of the oxygen using it and then you're you're taking another breath and you're replenishing yourself 99 percent of your energy should come from that but when we choose to breathe we don't choose but when we're in a position where we only ever breathe from our chest and we're doing 16 to 20 a minute rather than four to six, what happens is we only ever get a tiny bit of the goodness. So what was it? Uh, 10 to 20% of what is available in the oxygen that we take in. We're, we're expelling the other stuff and not getting the energy and the, the goodness out of it. It's frightening, isn't it? So they go, man, I, I need a bit more energy. Maybe I could do something about it by changing the way I breathe and, and the way I, I actually engage with the natural cycle of my body and the way that it should work. So it's interesting. Uh, when was the last time you thought about your breathing? I'm sure it wasn't um, a kind of a regular thing, uh, unless, as we say, something happens to make you really think about it. So we talked about creation briefly, uh, significance of um, life beginning when, uh, f- for mankind when God uh, breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils. We talked about some facts to do with breathing. Now let's move on to holy ground. In Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, it says this. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. So it's a story that we've probably heard a number of times. Moses and the burning bush. Um, How did this bush not burn, um, yet was on fire? This is a miracle. This is amazing, because God was in the bush. What an amazing story. Um, so we've been told it as children, and, and, um, and it's, it's the kind of story that, that is wheeled out at various times. But the interesting thing is, there's facts about this story that we don't fully realise. So at the start, it talks about one day Moses was attending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. Now, the interesting thing about Moses is, is his job was to do that, to tend the flock, to wander and check that the flock were okay. So the land that he was walking across, where he found this mysterious burning bush, was actually land that he'd walked on for the last 40 years. It was common ground for him. It was the same ground that he's he's walked on on a daily basis. It was his territory. It was a place that he knew. So when the interaction with this burning bush happens and he has this conversation with God that isn't a daily occurrence, 
God says this thing where he says, take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. The question about, the interesting question there is, has it suddenly become holy or has Moses just become aware of it? So is it that it was always holy ground and that he's walked on it for 40 years, not fully engaging with the fact that that actually God is there, God is present? Or was it just because the bush was on fire so now it's suddenly a holy place? It's an interesting challenge. I haven't got a great answer to you, but I do believe it's possible for us sometimes to get into a situation where our eyes are open to something that was there all along. That suddenly we, th- we realise from, from an encounter with God that God is there and the ground is holy and maybe we've just suddenly, the pennies just dropped. And that where we are, where we're standing, what we're doing, the ground that we're walking on on a daily basis doesn't just have the potential to be holy ground, but is holy ground because God is there. And for Moses, it obviously took that moment of this extraordinary thing of the bush being on fire. But there's there's no concrete answer to it, but it really makes me think, actually, what if it was holy all the time? And I just didn't realise that that was the case. And for us, are we standing on holy ground all the time? But because we are distracted or stressed, or maybe we're moving too fast, we fail to notice. So let's move on to the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord, for those of you who are good at um, spelling, is spelled L O. R-D in capitals when you read it in the Bible, L-O-R-D. It's mentioned over 6,000 times in the Bible. Okay, and whenever you see it, it's always in capitals because it's a holy name. Okay, in Hebrew, the name is essentially Y-H-V-H. And they're pronounced, those letters are pronounced yod Hey, var Hey. Some pronounce the name Yahweh or Yahweh. But many people consider the name too sacred and holy to be spoken. So often you just see it represented with those letters Y-H-V-H or yod Hey var Hey. And ancient rabbis, when they would talk about um, these letters, they would describe them almost like vowels. But, but when they would talk about it and they'd say these are so precious and so important that, that actually when we, when we try and um, pronounce these words, they're almost unpronounceable. Because uh, these letters, because for us, they're more of just a sound. And the way they would describe the sound is almost like the sound of breathing. So we're bringing it around so it all makes a bit more sense. So those letters, yod, hey, va, hey, we can get into a pattern of seeing, of of the kind of um, inhale, Exhale. We could almost utter those words, those letters, with each of the uh, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And in effect, we would be saying the name of God, the letters of the name of God, in every single breath. So could it really be that the name of God is actually the sound of breathing? We were all breathed in to by creator God all of us so mankind started with the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam but we all begin 
by the breath of life being breathed into us. And it's part of what, that's what sustains us, that's what keeps us going. And I love that thought, that we are uttering the name of the Lord with every breath. But do we connect to God like that? Do we take that for granted? Just as we don't think about our breathing, maybe we're not able to think about the fact that actually, when we realise it, there's quite a deep spiritual connection with the very thing that sustains and continues and, and is the beginning of our life and is the constant in our life. We don't think about it naturally. But you know what? If this could be true, if this, if this was significant, if this could make sense to people, then actually in those moments where we need to think about our breathing, I love the idea that we consciously think about our breathing but also when we choose to connect with it we consciously say the name of God and we we consider uh, the pace the um, the frequency and the importance of gleaning all of the energy available from each and every breath I love that idea because it changes my mindset and not only connects me with my body but connects me with the person who gave me life in the first place so when we panic or get stressed or are worn out or we're suffering, what often happens is our breathing quickens. We calm our breathing and we breathe deeply to settle ourselves. So the idea of we are stressed, we're struggling, things are difficult, that you choose to say the name of God calmly in order to be able to settle yourself makes utter sense when we want to connect with him. And if we can join the things together and say, actually, this is all part and parcel of me relying on him and being aware of him and connecting with him, it does make so much sense. When we realise we are speaking the name of God with each of those breaths, he becomes part of the situation and our foundation for recovery. And I don't know about you, but once you regulate your breathing, once you calm yourself, things seem like they are easier to cope with and maybe we don't realize that what we're doing when we do that is actually inviting God into the situation subconsciously with those sounds that we're making and he becomes part of the foundation of the solution so let's pull it all together God has already given us life and breath we then have the choice, I suppose, when we think about that, to choose to connect with that breath and connect with God, to see that these things are, can be interconnected and intertwined. When a baby is born, we talked about when Adi was born, but when a baby is born, the first thing we wait for and hang on, uh, hang on to is their first breath, waiting for that moment. Could it be that the first thing they do when they are out of the womb and in the big bad world, is speak the name of God. I love that idea, that the first thing a baby does is speak the name of God. That's their first contribution. And then they get into a rhythm and a pattern and uh, a cycle of keeping on saying it. And that is what gives them the opportunity to sustain life moving forward. When someone dies, we wait for them to take their last breath or is it that when they can no longer say the name of God, then their life comes to an end? Man, 
So for us, it's about awareness, isn't it? And the fact is, connecting with God and having a relationship with him shouldn't be that we constantly sit there all the time (laughs) trying to regulate our breathing to four to six breaths a minute, making sure we take the full 99% of the energy that's available to us, uh, consciously making sure that as we inhale and exhale, we're saying the name of God, man, we wouldn't have time to do anything else. The point is, the picture is this, God is with us in all that we do. He's not expecting us to constantly be stopping to to consciously say his name. But when we choose to realise that that is the sustainer, and that is the thing that when we get it right, when when we steady our breathing and we take everything that is available in each and every breath, that actually the opportunity we have is to be able to... um, function at our best with 99% of the energy available, with, um, with a calmer approach to life, with a connection with God, the depth of that stuff, when we connect with it, means that we can just carry on doing the things that we love doing, but always in the background of our mind, realising that actually this is, this is a key, important thing in the way, the way that I live my life. And my constant kind of passion for us as people is that we are people who live our lives with an awareness of God in our lives all the time. That nothing is off, uh, is kind of uh, away, nothing needs to be away from God or is out of his interest. Everything you do and everything you are is of utmost importance to him. So he's there, he's with you, he's right by your side. He's interested, he wants to be in all that you do. And the fact is, he's physically in it, in your breathing. And all we need to do is make the decision to choose to connect to him and embrace that he's there with us. So even when we're isolated, even when it feels like the clouds are kind of coming in and it feels pretty dark and murky for us in our lives, as we we stop in a moment and regulate our breathing, calm ourselves, we realise that God is there in the middle of it. Even if no one else is around, he is there right by our side, right at the core, sustaining us in those times. So if you ever have those dark moments or you feel isolated or disconnected, or maybe you're, you're working somewhere away where it's just you getting on with what you're doing, you are never alone. He is with you. And you always have the opportunity to connect with that and realise that that's there. So God is here right now. The ground we are standing on is holy he is in our every breath and we need to be people who choose to slow down to be conscious and aware of that and my hope for each of us is that this can be a tool that you can use not just practically and physically in your own breathing when you know that life's difficult um, but actually put that spiritual edge onto it and realize that he is a part of those uh, of those sounds uh, and it's a, an opportunity to truly connect with him. I've, I've found in some of my, my most stressful and difficult times, I, I don't often feel stressed or kind of would say, oh, I, I'm really stressed about stuff. What I find at its worst um, is that my breathing capacity is limited. I don't know if you've ever had this, but for me, when, when I've had too much on and I've, I've felt really <coughs> overwhelmed with life, It's like if I go to take a deep breath, my lung capacity is reduced to about 60%. And I can't get that last bit 
You know, you try and breathe deeply. I just can't get it. And, and for me, that, that is a sign that I know that I'm, I'm at kind of breaking point or I'm up my limit. Uh, I'm out of capacity. And then I think, I think about some of the ways that I've dealt with situations before I've got to that point. And actually, that ability sometimes just to take a really deep breath, sometimes it feels like I'm, I'm gaining some life in that moment. And as we think about it, I, can't, I find it quite frightening. 16 to 20 breaths a minute, mainly from the chest. When I breathe deeply, I feel different. And what I, what I want to make sure I rely on as an individual is that not only do I feel different physically, but emotionally and spiritually, I want to make sure I don't disregard the opportunity to connect that with God and allow him to be part of that. So let's pray. Father God, uh, we thank you that... Um, that you are so interested in connecting with us, that you are interested in being part of all things. And God, when we look at things like uh, the body that you created, there's some amazing things about it, God. And we've got to believe that as creator of that, that you, um, that you can connect with us in those kind of ways. And I just pray as a group that we'd be people who um, just go away and think about this stuff and begin to put it into practice in each of our lives. And that ultimately what each of us will find is that we feel more connected with you because of our approach to situations and and challenges and and the things that we're involved in in our lives. God, strengthen us and enable us to be closer to you in all that we do. Uh, And I pray that we'd just be really aware of that and be good at acknowledging uh, your role um, that you play in our lives on a daily basis. And God, help us to realise the ground that we walk on. Uh, doesn't just have the potential to be holy, but you're already there, which makes it holy. And I pray that we'd engage with that as well. Amen.